the father of one of the greatest singers and film stars of our time, and the owner of a great New York City Italian restaurant? Buckle on up, as you are about to be mesmerized in this exclusive interview with this fascinating restaurateur. Welcome to the Motivation Show podcast, and get ready to be inspired motivated and achieve massive success and now your host the mayor of motivation eli marcus our guest on the motivation show today has a fascinating family including a world famous daughter who is a prolific singer and songwriter and movie star named stephanie germanata more familiar to you, no doubt, as Lady Gaga. He is also a friend of mine. I've known him for about a dozen years or so. And the owner of Joanne Trattoria. That's my favorite subject, food. A fabulous Italian restaurant on the Upper West Side of Manhattan in New York City. Welcome to the Motivation Show, Joe Germanata. Hi, Eli. How are you? I'm doing great, Joe. I want to get into a bunch of fun stuff here. We're going to talk about your restaurant, talk about your fascinating family. And, you know, everybody probably wants to start off with you, Joe, talking about, obviously, Lady Gaga, including me. But before we do, let's get into the other two fascinating ladies in your family, if you don't mind. Uh, your wife, Cynthia, who I know and is one of the most lovely individuals on the planet. You can't get better than her and your other lovely daughter natalie do you mind talking about them a little bit no no that's that's fabulous i mean i'll i'll share with you cynthia um cynthia started the born this way foundation about 11 years ago and i think they just had their 10th year anniversary and they're doing extremely well i think they've got about a staff of about 20 people now and they've raised quite a bit of money and it goes to help you know, troubled youths around the country. And they have seminars, they have sessions, they have one-on-ones, they have meet-me conferences, et cetera. So it's a, a real valuable resource, you know. And a, a lot of the little monsters come into the restaurant all the time and want to meet her and thank her for, you know, helping them with their particular situation. Now, Natalie, my youngest, Mouse Germanata, that's what we call her, the mouse, <laughs> She, Why do you she call her the mouse? Uh, because she was she was always she was always in the corner and very quiet. Ah. <laughs> and now that's changed. That's how I started, I, believe it or not, in yeah. the corner and quiet. So she has just started up her own uh, design firm. She's got her own studio, and she's got several very large clients. She does her largest client is obviously her sister. She has done many of the costumes for the most recent chromatica concert and she's done some of the the stage uh, costumes for the tony bennett show and now she's doing private dress you know private dress making i know she's upstairs right now doing working on a wedding dress so you know it's a, a and you know it's it's a very very interesting business and i you know i just love watching them both work you know, it really makes me happy to see that they're so dedicated and, um, you know, and they've made it on their own, which is good. We gave them a head start, right? But they have made it. 
That's fantastic. Well, you know, uh, speaking of costumes, I mean, uh, it, obviously, uh, people have probably have noticed some of the incredible costumes that Stephanie, of course, Lady Gaga has worn over the years, including that classic meat dress. How did that all come about? Who's, whose ideas are these things? Well, I think that particular one was hers. I mean, I, I can tell you a funny story about that. I had no idea that it was a meat dress when I, I was with her at, at that event. And um, when she walked in, I looked at it and I, I said, my God, that's just the most fabulous fabric that I've ever seen. <laughs> then I realized it was meat. Right. But that's but she, you know. She curates her own her own costumes and and the theme of everything. Everything she does comes out of the mind of Stephanie. So you know they say, Joe, you've probably heard this expression: success leaves clues. What makes Lady Gaga the success that she is? What can the rest of the world be learning from her? Well, I, I mean, the most important thing I think is you know the, the determination that she wanted to be. Um, she wanted to be an, an actress, singer, songwriter. I mean, she she was performing since she was you know ten years old, and you know we never held her back. And it's the determination and the persistence. I mean, she wasn't giving up. And I, I can never forget when we met her. I think it was her twentieth or twenty first birthday, and she was at NYU, and. Uh, we took her out to dinner, and that's when she told me she wanted to quit school and pursue her music career. And I said to her, I said, well, you know, you can do that. You know, I've, I've put money away for you for college, right? And you can use some of that money to, to start your career, and, you know, we'll help you with that. But if you don't get a record deal in a year, you're going back to school. <laughs> and she just hustled and did everything she needed to do, and she she got a deal, right? And I we couldn't stop her then. That's a tight time frame. That's uh, pretty impressive. Well, you know, I, she knows that I mean what I say. <laughs> well, one thing I've learned about you, you're a, a, a fair guy. You're a no-nonsense guy. Um, and that's what I've always liked about you. you know, you're, I know exactly what you're thinking. You don't pull any punches. And I think that's somebody, uh, anybody would want to to know. Uh, that's why I've uh, enjoyed knowing you for all these years. So when did you kind of really first realize that she had the potential to be someone, you know, to be reckoned with on the world stage? That's a little different than someone just successful, but she's mega successful. Well, I, I got to tell you, the, the, truly the first time that I knew that um, she was going to be somebody in the music business, was when I heard the first cut of Just Dance, the first record. Mm. And and it just, you know, I, I you know, I've been tracking music my entire life. And when I heard that, I knew that was a hit. And, you know, she sold millions of copies of that thing, of <laughs> that record. So maybe you should be a music publisher yourself. You got that kind yeah. of an eye. <laughs> well, <laughs> <In a year. laughs> it's not that good. But, but <laughs> that particular one I was I was on target. She is a lady of many talents. How would you like the world to most see her? Well, I think as, as a leader, all right, I think she's got a very strong voice around the world, and she uses it very sensibly. And a voice, a voice like hers could get out of control. 
all right? And she's, she's got a very tempered um, approach, you know, to what she, you know, what she says on stage, what she tweets, what she, you know, um, whatever the social media outlet is. And I think that's quite impressive, okay? Where, you know, a lot of artists can step out of line very, very easily and they do it, you know, they step, <laughs> they step on their, on, you know, on their tie <laughs> that every once in a while. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Tony Bennett is a 1960s icon. He was famous back then. How did the old school get in with the new school? How are they uh, combined and doing such great projects together? Well, uh, um, they met at a, um, at an event, I think, I think it might've been the Robin Hood event. And, you know, Tony came up to her and he just said, Hey, you want to do a record? Hey kid, you want to do a record together? And that's where it started. Right. And, you know, when, when he called her, you know, she, she said to me, what do you, you know, dad, what do you think? And I said, look, if Tony Bennett wants to talk to you, you talk to him. He's Tony Bennett. (laughs) So Joe, you own a great restaurant. And by the way, I had your vegetarian lasagna the other day and it was out of this world so you've got a very diverse menu what's got you into the restaurant business joe it's not the easiest business in the world well actually you know it 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 was a life's passion all right to be in the restaurant business i mean it started when i was a kid when i was you know a teenager i always wanted to own a restaurant and i pursued that by you know going to the the business school at, at Michigan State, which has, you know, quite an extensive hospitality program in the, uh, for business. And um, but then when I graduated from college, from MSU, from, from Michigan State, I, I went into uh, rather than go on the operations side of the business, I went in uh, public accounting and I worked uh, for many years as a um, as an industry consultant, right, doing feasibility studies for hotels and restaurants. But it all came, you know, full circle. And then I, I just left the, you know, that that industry um, and went into telecommunications and software. And I own my own businesses and I had quite a diverse career. And then when I was my last business was a Wi-Fi company, which we provided wire, wireless Internet in hotels. And I sold that business and I was pretty much retired. And Cynthia was pretty much retired. And Stephanie came, flew into town one day and, and, you know, she told, basically told her mother that I want to start a foundation, the Born This Way Foundation. I want you to be the chairman. Right. And, um, she knew that I was a, a minor investor in a restaurant around the corner to uh, Joanne, two blocks from our home. And, the owner, previous owner went out of business, right? And the landlord asked me if I wanted it. And I said, yes. And Stephanie took a look and she said, you always wanted it. Let's do it. I said, okay. And that's how I got into the restaurant business. You know, so for for the first seven months in the restaurant business, I was locked up in, in, in what's now Joanne Trattoria. And it was a gutted space. And we rebuilt it from... From the studs, we took the ceilings down, the walls down, right? We built a new kitchen downstairs and upstairs. So, you know, I I learned 
the restaurant business from the ground up, truly. Well, that's inspiring. Uh, how did the name of your restaurant, Joanne Trotteria, can't come to be? My two girls, Natalie and Stephanie, wanted to, to pay tribute to her aunt, Joanne, who they never met. Joanne died when she was 20, and she died from lupus. And that's why I think you know that I'm active in the with the lupus, uh, the Alliance for Lupus Research. So it was really a tribute. It's truly a tribute to her, the aunt that they never met. And they knew that I always had, you know, a, a, a longing that I missed her. Right. So what a sweet, sweet inspiring <laughs> story. Yeah, that's that's a that's a great uh, motivation to continue to put out a, you know, an A plus quality restaurant as you do. So what is your favorite dish, Joe? And what else can we expect on the menu? Well, I'll tell you, my favorite right now is, um, is Chef Jorge is, you know, very, he's got quite an interesting background. He's from Guatemala and he's, he's um, he worked in a German restaurant and now he's in an Italian restaurant. But my favorite dish there right now is is his also buco that he makes over mm. garlic mashed potatoes. With, mm-hmm. That's and he he makes it in, in two styles. He makes a style of veal and one style in lamb. And those are my favorite. Now I can't eat it all the time, <laughs> but though when I when I do want to sit down and have a hearty meal, that's the one that I choose. Uh-huh. I met Chef Jorge with uh, the other restaurant that I had briefly down in Grand Central Terminal, the Art Bird and Whiskey Bar. And he was my chef down there, and I brought him up to Joanne. I just liked him, and we clicked, you know, our our uh, our style of business and interaction and and uh, personalities clicked very very well. And and now we've been together for about six years. Hmm. So why do you think the people from all over the world love your restaurant? What's the magic ingredient here? I think there's you know I think there's a couple. Of people. I I think there's a lot of publicity around it. Now there's a there's an album that was that was named after my sister Joanne, all right. And there's a lot of memorabilia in the restaurant. It's you know it's got I always say it's it's got a you know a Greenwich a Greenwich Village feel on the Upper West Side. I mean it's an old brownstone, and it's got a you know a long corridor and you know hidden spaces and a lot of exposed brick walls. Etc. And you know, but the real value of the place is that it's got an outdoor patio in the back. Um, that you know, that's I think the biggest you know seller in the neighborhood. Okay, but we attract we attract guests from uh, dependent upon the time of the year from the United Kingdom, from Brazil, Japan, um, Australia, uh, France. I mean, and it's quite amazing, too, because some of them are repeat customers. Whenever they come to New York City, they make a stop there, right? And, you know, and now we, you know, we've become a a party place, okay? We host several parties a year for um, Valentine's Day and Thanksgiving, and but they're open parties with a DJ and... Um, you know, so rather than go the route of, hey, you know, it's Valentine's Day, you know, here's a surf and turf dinner. What we do is we bring in a DJ and we throw a party and, and you know, all the guests, you know, all the guests are typically in some way associated with her fan base. Right. And, you know, it's it's become quite a tradition now. 
How often are you personally in the restaurant and how do you handle people that want to come up and take pictures with you? Well, I'm, you know, I'm pretty much, I'm, I consider myself semi-retired. I mean, I don't go there every day. I stop in, I live two blocks away. If they call me and they need me, I come over. I will stop in during the day. On the weekends, I'll pop over for about an hour on a Friday or a Saturday night just to see what's going on, especially since now we have live entertainment. I like to I like to meet the entertainers and and uh, and promote, you know, and do some promotion on Instagram. We do a live Instagram feed on Fridays and Saturdays. And um, but when people want to take pictures, I'm you know, I'm fine with it. You know, it's just uh, I can't say no. I mean, that's, <laughs> that would be horrible. Well, you could, uh, but you're a gentleman. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I enjoy, I enjoy meeting every one of them. I mean, that's, they that's all got to all have a story to tell and, you know, they're all so excited to be there. And so I want to make their visit as happy as possible. Well, I think I know some of the least favorite parts of probably running a business, like things breaking down every week and uh, challenges sometimes uh, maybe getting a new employee or employee quitting. <laughs> what is your favorite part of running a restaurant? Um, having the kitchen two blocks away. <laughs> <laughs> That's the favorite part. Save your from part. cleaning a lot of your own dishes. Right. And and um, having a walk-in refrigerator full of full of vegetables and eggs and, <laughs> and, and everything else. So, I mean, I, I make, I make fun of it, but you know, rather than go to the grocery store, a lot of the times I'll hop over there and I'll say, Hey, get, I need some celery, carrots, onions, <laughs> et cetera. And they make a bag for me and I, I bring it home. But normally every night, Cynthia and I will, you know, order something from, from Joanne's and on the busier nights, we'll, we'll order something off the menu. On the on the slower slower nights during the week, you know, I might ask them to make me something special. All right, which they'll do as yeah. long as it's you know I don't like I don't like throwing them to the wolves in the middle of a you know a, a you know busy service and saying, <laughs> "Hey, would you make me a piece of uh, chicken fried steak?" <laughs> yeah, and they'll laugh at me, right? So you and I have co-hosted an event in your backyard uh, yard garden there, which was just so much fun uh, with that skylit little atrium that you have there. And we also have a, a private little nook there that seats about 12 people, which we've also co-hosted an event in. Tell us a little bit about that little private nook. Well, that's actually, you know, it's a br- old 100-year-old brownstone. And that was a coal bin. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, it started out, the concept was to have, let's call it the chef's table. And uh, I don't know whether you know this, but because the wall is closed over now. But when we originally opened, there was a window on the back wall of the of, of the private room, um, the chef's room. And the concept was that, you know, like if Chef Art Smith, who was my, you know, helped me out, helped me put together the, the restaurant, wasn't he, he was Oprah's chef? Yes, he was Oprah's chef. Yes. Yeah. He owns a couple of restaurants around the country. And uh, the concept was that if Art was in the kitchen or a chef was in the kitchen and somebody took the private room, he would prepare dishes and then pass them through the window. So it would be like a very unique family experience. Like, hey, now, you know, here's another dish that the chef prepared. Yeah. So it was it, the concept was that that. Um, you didn't know what you were going to get. Okay. You knew it was going to be some flavor of maybe, a, you know, Italian or red, but you were going to get a sampling of everything. And the chef was, you know, the chef was, you know, dedicated to you for the night. 
right? But, you know, I didn't get enough uh, activity. And quite frankly, it was very noisy because it was right off the kitchen. <laughs> and if you can imagine, you know, what goes on in the, in, you know, in the kitchens with the yelling back and forth, you could hear every peep in the, in the <laughs> chef's room. But now that, that situation's gone away. But now we use it. Um, it fits, you know, 12 to 14 people. Um, it gets quite a bit of use for like sweet 16 parties. Um, uh, we've hosted uh, board meetings there. We do, you know, normal family events. But, you know, I, I'm quite lucky to have, you know, two valuable spaces like that in one restaurant. Okay. It's got a, you know, a, it's a small, it's not, it doesn't seat a lot, the restaurant it only seats 85 people. And, but I get 12 to 14 of them in that little private room. And I got another 25 to 30 out on the back patio. So I can actually have, you know, two parties going on at the same time and then have a dining room full of, of, of um, reservations. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoy both rooms. Uh, your your staff is uh, is definitely uh, uh, top notch. You know, uh, everything you do has been uh, fantastic. So what I want to kind of delve into a little bit, Joe, is uh, you've led a pretty fascinating life. Would you change anything about your life if you could? Um, well, yeah, there were there were some bumps in the road. Okay, I can't say there weren't. Right, and you know, I've corrected those over the years, and you know, I've made mistakes that, and I've done some things that I regretted. I, you know, on a, on a personal and a business level, but you know, I'm still proud of everything that that you know we've done as a family. All right, despite you know the the missteps that I had. You know, we we still were able to provide a great education for our children and, and, you know, help them help them create their own careers and, you know, build a large foundation, right, that helps kids all over the world. And, you know, I just, you know, I'm just feeding people <laughs> at this point. Well, Joe, I mean, do you think you can really have great success without bumps in the road? I mean, isn't that part of the learning process and um, goes with the territory? I, I, I do. I think I used to tell, I used to tell the kids that if you're not making a mistake, you're not trying. Okay. So just pick yourself up. And, you know, I used to tell them that, you know, defeat is temporary, right? Quitting is permanent. Just never quit. Mm, powerful. Okay. Right. That's those are the those are the and then you know so one of the other things I used to always say to them is you can achieve anything as long as you have patience, persistence, and timing. Ooh, okay. Big three. The big three. Okay. If you can if patience, you can manage persistence, the patience timing. and the persistence and the timing, you can do just about anything. Yeah. And I think that's one of the challenges with the average person is they want things quick, right, Joe? If you want to now it's anywhere in a now world. The biggest question I get, I get a couple of questions um, consistently. Okay. You know, other than, you know, what's it like to have a famous daughter? Okay. Which, you know, that always sets me on my heels all the time. Right. But um, <laughs> the other, other is, you know, the younger artists that come in or the, you know, the, the wannabes. Okay. That, you know, they, they have some talent, but they, you know, they're trying to figure out their way through the, through the business. And what I tell them is just keep playing, get out there and keep performing. And, you know, sooner or later, you know, you're either going to run into somebody or, you know, somebody's going to hear you or they're going to give you a new op different opportunity. And, you know, it may happen 
you know, you'll it'll happen as when you least expect it. How's that? You know, it'll be. So, and that's that's a lot of the reasons why you know I opened up the patio on the weekends to let let some of the the new upcoming artists come in and perform, right? And they they bring their families, right? And they're they're performing for their family and they're performing for the guests in the restaurant. And they put out their tip jar just like you know they would at uh, at the bitter end, right? And it's been a it, it's been successful for a lot of them. I mean, one girl I knew, I know now she's she's performing. Um, Madeline, her name is. She's performing in Nashville on a regular gig. Okay, and um, so it's you know it's a matter of getting out there and just you know keeping your head down and don't get discouraged, right? But I also tell them I say, look, if you're going to perform someplace, you can't just play your own music, right? You've got to play covers. Right, mm. because if you don't play the covers, you're not going to get their attention. If you can yeah, got to get the cover, attention first, yeah. right? You get their attention, and then you can tell them, "Hey, this is a song that I wrote," right? Mm-hmm. And you play it. Okay, well, that's good wisdom. So, I like that. So, how do you see the next ten years of life for Mr. Joe Germanata? I want to slow down quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I've got a good staff in place now. Um, I had a great staff. And then I lost them all pre-pandemic, right? And then I had to rebuild them because a lot of them went home or they went back to, you know, the country that they came from or um, they started another career, right? So I lost just about everybody. Um, but there's a couple that that have, have been with me since, since the beginning. And, you know, they're the core of the group. And, you know, they helped me do the hiring um you know and to, to rebuild the staff now the staff is i it's back up to par to where it was pre-pandemic where you know the kids get together and they work but they also like each other right so they work as a team right and it always amazes me when there's a you know um when there's a party how many of them go to the same party and and uh, and they meet after work some of them have gone on vacations together you know, it's it's really you know it's quite it's quite impressive. So you know, the Joanne staff has always become quite of a little you know second family, uh, where you know I I try to help them as much as I can, and to be quite candid, Eli. I mean, neither one of my girls want the restaurant. Okay, so why do I stay in stay in it? I stay in it because the kids that work there and the and the you know the people the chef and the and this is their livelihood and i i wouldn't i don't want to turn my back on them all right and so you know we keep it going but i'm not i'm not killing myself anymore that's that's it and i i think that's a fair balance and i think it's an incredible thing that you are you know thinking of the people who work with you uh and uh, and also uh, obviously trying to take care of yourself as well because they both go hand in hand i want to congratulate you for that. And I want to let my listeners know they can come to Joanne Trattoria at 70 West 68th Street. You're only a, like a block away from Central Park. That's pretty cool between uh, Central Park West and, um, and of course, Columbus Avenue. And uh, of course, uh, you can go on uh, joannenyc.com and read all about the incredible restaurant. And Joe, I want to thank you for coming on the Motivation Show today. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it, Eli. And, you know, maybe we'll do it again. Absolutely. See you soon. Thank you so much. 
If you would like to inquire about having Eli motivate your team, speak at your event, or coach you personally for massive success, email themotivationshow at gmail.com. That's themotivationshow at gmail.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.